Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up With The Card, as always, with Els Boone and Jabril Taha of the Stanford Daily. Uh, we've got a few things to unpack here, and it's an exciting for Stanford sports. We'll be coming at you uh, later this week with a, with a season preview for both men's and women's basketball, as we're only, you know, and now under a week away from uh, college basketball getting tipped off, so we're both excited about that. But of course, we're still in the heart of football season, and Stanford just had a win streak broken this past weekend. They headed down to L.A. to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA, and uh, UCLA took it to them. Jabril, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it was a rough game for Stanford. They've had a few competitive games past couple weeks, and this was back to facing a very good team, a top 15 team, and getting absolutely pummeled and showing that they're nowhere near competitive with the top teams in the Pac-12 conference anymore. UCLA just completely outclassed them in all facets of the game. The offensive line had a really bad game. Key did not have a good And then the defense had a pretty bad game. Look at the rushing yards, 324 rushing yards for UCLA. Not going to win you many football games. Average yards per play, 7.1 to 4.2 in favor of the Bruins. That's not going to cut it. Just the game was over early second quarter into halftime. I think against four of the better teams in the conference, Oregon, USC, Washington, and UCLA, the game's been over at halftime every single time. That's not what we expect the Stanford program to be, and it's disappointing to see that it's Right. It, it is where it is, is at right now. But yeah, completely uncompetitive as most most of, us thought, most of us thought they would. And another really, really worrisome performance from the offense. And just, again, so much talent on this offense. Yes, I know they're beat up and they have some injuries, but there's you have a just incredibly talented quarterback under center. Uh, a lot of good weapons, even with Michael Wilson out. And you just, they're, they're not moving the ball. Yeah, you know, we knew we knew coming into this one that Stanford's going to be facing off against a very, very talented offense, one of the best in the country. UCLA, of course, having DTR and Zach Charbonnet. And Zach Charbonnet ran riot over the Stanford team, running for 198 yards. And, you know, we also knew coming in that if Stanford's going to compete in this one, their offense would kind of have to shake off their rust from the past couple of weeks and put up points to match UCLA, and that just did not happen. The defense, you know, at times, you know, put up a pretty, pretty solid solid fight against the Bruins. David Bailey was was one of the shining stars on this defense. He had another very impressive game for the Cardinal, but you know, the offense kind of just put out another kind of listless performance. They did finally score a touchdown after, you know, not scoring a touchdown against Arizona State. But yeah, you know, just not what you wanted to see really from the Stanford offense. Tanner McKee finishing with a 12.6 QBR, average four yards per pass, 13 of 29 for 125 yards, one touchdown, one interception. You know, so not not a, the best day in the stadium for Tanner. I mean, kind of, you know, something people have started to notice, you know, he's kind of regressed this season. Of course, he's had, you know, he hasn't had a well put together offensive line. Michael Wilson is now out. You know, is some of it due to play calling other other factors? Yes. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think teams have kind of figured out that he's not a mobile quarterback and that, you know, if you put pressure on him, he's going to He's going to fall to that pressure and not be able to get the ball out. And that's kind of, you know, hindered the Stanford offense so far this year. And, you know, kind of just looking at those numbers on a broader scale so far this season, Tanner's 8th of 11 Pac-12 quarterbacks in total QBR, 10th of 11 in traditional passer rating, and 6th of 9 in PFF grades. So, you know, kind of hope we, Jabril and I talked about alongside Pablo and Peter kind of coming into the season that, you know, if Stanford's going to be successful this year, Tanner needed to be, you know, one of the top, top two, three quarterbacks uh, in the Pac-12. And the numbers just have not, back that up so far and of course a lot of a lot of reasons to go into that Jabril do you have any thoughts yeah uh, I think he's far less mobile than we anticipated I mean we knew that wasn't going to be a strength of his but uh, yeah he takes a lot of sacks and he's got he's gotten better at taking sacks or getting rid of the ball but yeah he's not very mobile he has an incredible arm but and he's not getting time to throw it I mean slow measure taking out two three seconds for him where he can maybe hit a quick root and 
when he's finally pulling that ball away from the running back, the offensive line's been penetrated for a good couple seconds. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the scheme, I think. Yeah, it worked well against USC because they were surprised and other teams have figured it out really, really well and have completely countered it. So, yeah, Stanford offense is not moving the ball. And I don't think Tanner's played his best football at all this year. But, I mean, you can't, he's not the issue by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, Tanner's still a very, very talented quarterback. And Stanford has been able to put all the pieces together alongside the play calling to really, you know, utilize his talent well this year and uh we'll, you know we'll kind of see how his play keeps going the rest of the year if you know he's still able to be a kind of you know high on teams draft boards come time you know if he's going to declare for the nfl draft or come back to stanford next year you know we will see on that and of course another one of the key things um on the offense has been the issues are running back of course ej smith and casey Philkins out for the season as we have mentioned um then arlen harris of course entering the transfer portal as we covered last on last week's podcast and then you know from coach shaw's press conference today tuesday that Caleb Robinson will be out this week, injured towards the end of the UCLA game. So Stanford down to sophomore Brendan Barrow, who we saw a bit in that UCLA game. Then, of course, converted safety Mitch Leigber alongside another walk-on Danny McFadden. So it'll be interesting kind of Stanford's running back plan here against the Cougars this coming Saturday. You know, how much they run the ball, what that looks like. Jabril, what are you, what are you thinking about this running back situation? And also, of course, what we saw from Ashton Daniels uh, last week. It's a mess. Ashton Daniels keeps getting graded very, very highly on PFF. He's actually... Stanford's highest graded players, granted, he's had only 16 snaps on the year, but he does, he's done his job going to BF when he comes in, even if the runs aren't super efficient. They broke off one this week, it was really nice to see. But yeah, they're going to have to start doing that more. That's, you saw that. We, we anticipated they'd start getting more creative in the running game, maybe some more reverses with some wide receivers and surprising with a Eurosec like they did against USC. So they're going to have to get creative here. Uh, yeah, it's really an incredible lack of depth. As you said, you got those two guys, guys who transferred out last year, Pete and Jones. Now Arla Harris is transferring out. It, it, it's a mess. There's a lack of depth. Two injury-prone guys were leading the running back room. We knew, we knew coming into the year that these two guys were injury-prone, and unfortunately, both of them got pretty much canned for the season. Philkins missing half of it, EJ missing five-sixths of it. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, they got a little unlucky, but... Yeah, it just is what it is at this point. They have to get creative and find a way to get get some life into this offense. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we don't kind of want to beat that horse too much and talk about kind of the issues with the offense, issues with the team right now. So, you know, let's turn, let's turn our attention to previewing this next upcoming game. Washington State's coming down from Pullman to play Stanford on the farm at 1230. So right there at midday this coming Saturday, Washington State comes into this one a respectable 4-4 four and four with their losses all two pretty good teams in the Pac-12. USC, Oregon, Utah, Oregon State, who's now ranked. And their notable wins, Wisconsin, when Wisconsin was ranked, and then they beat Cal, I think it was 28-9. to So, you know, they handily beat a Stanford's rival there. So Washington State, you know, kind of on the cusp of going to a bowl game. So this is not going to be any easy game for Stanford, but one that they, you know, they need to be competitive in. Of course, Stanford still has bowl hopes of there being three games out. And kind of this is you know, one you need to win if you want to be going to a bowl game for Stanford with Utah looming, not looking like a likely win there. And, you know, another thing you have to note when you're talking about the Cougars is Stanford's lost five in a row to Washington State, which is kind of an insane statistic. Not many people really consider Washington State to kind of be the class of the Pac-12. But, you know, they've had David Shaw's number. Regardless of who the coach has been, last five times these teams have met. Jabril, what do you, what do you make of the Cougars and also kind of of that, of that statistic? Yeah, Football Outsiders has them as a top 40 team. State number 38, they have a very good defense, top 25 in the nation, according to Football Outsiders. Offense is 
about average at fifth, according to the FBI rankings. So yeah, they're a good team. They're about right there with Washington and Oregon State in terms of the second tier of the conference. Like you have UCLA, Oregon, USC, Utah, and then you have these three teams in Oregon State, Washington State, and Washington all around the same level if you look at the metrics. So yeah, this is a good team. As we saw, we also Washington did to Stanford and Seattle, but this is a home game and this is a must-win game. Stanford knows that they have very little chance at Utah, barring a Utah injury situation getting bad with Cam rising out. We'll see what happens there. But chances of winning in Salt Lake City are very slim. So this is a must-win game. And if you win this game, then you're talking those Cal and BYU games. Look at what the metrics have those teams at. Those games, when you're going to Cal, you're, you're, you're a little better than Cal. But you're on the road, so that's a toss-up. And BYU's a little better than you are, but you're that's at home. So that becomes a toss-up. So... You find a way to beat Washington State this week. I think they're five-point underdogs as we record this. I mean, you're talking two toss-ups for a bowl game. So we'll see what happens. But if you lose this one, you're almost certainly losing to Utah next week. And then all you have to play for is the axe. Yeah, the hope is definitely still alive for Stanford's bowl, bowl chances. But, you know, this is kind of a must game win. where you, ha- yeah, a must-win where you kind of draw that line in the sand and say, you know, we need to get this one done. Of course, you have to talk about Cameron Ward. Washington State's quarterback, you know, transferred from Incarnate Ward in San Antonio, Texas. I used to live a couple minutes from there, so I had to give a give a small shout out. But you know, Cameron Ward's a very impressive quarterback. He put up a lot of a lot of points, a lot of yards when he was at Incarnate Ward just last season. And now, you know, his offensive coordinator, at Washington State, was uh, his coach of Incarnate Ward. And so, you know, because they kind of have that have that connection there. But you know, he he's going to be a dangerous quarterback for Stanford to stop. Jabril, you gave those you gave those numbers. You know, Washington State's defense is a lot better than their offense, which kind of almost I think lends lends itself to Stanford a bit you know their defense has shown they can be respectable against offenses that are not you know insanely prolific and so I think I think you know Stanford if they can if they can kind of get it together on offense which is looking to prove is proving to be kind of a taller task each week as you know a different running back seemingly goes out for the seat goes out for some time each week and we lose over the offensive line and we lose another receiver here but it'll be an interesting game to watch and I will you know I'll be there in the student section at 12 30 come this Saturday ready to Hopefully cheer Stanford to a win and see, you know, us inch a, inch a game closer to making it to a bowl game. Really, you got any final thoughts on football before we move to around the farm? Yeah, I just think we need to see a big improvement from the offense to win this game. This Stanford defense, to all of our surprise, is actually average. Maybe not in the conference average, but in the country, this is an average defense. I think we all came into the season thinking, and after, after the first couple games, thing he was going to be a lot worse than that and yes so so yes they have clearly improved throughout the year and they're a national average defense now yeah they're competitive they weren't competitive early in the year and they weren't competitive last year but this year the defense is competitive which is a pleasant surprise the offense number 97 in the country right now according to football outsiders and you have tanner mckee at quarterback that's just unacceptable it's got to get better we'll see what happens but you need a huge jump there and that we all were talking the way Stanford's going to win the games this season is through shootouts. <laughs> Not at all. They've won barely, they've won tight defensive battles in the couple games they've won aside from Coolgate. So we'll see what happens with the offense, but they need to perform somewhere relatively close to their talent level in order to come out on top here against Washington State. Definitely. And finally, before we move on to around the farm, score predictions for this one. You know, I think, I think Stanford gets it done. I don't think it's, uh, Definitely not a shootout. I'm going to go 24-21. I like the Cougars. I'm going to go 31-20. Nice, nice. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up kind of our football talk for this. I'll watch the state, of course, this Saturday, 1230. So let's get straight into Around the Farm. First up, as always, women's volleyball. Jabril, how did they do this past week? 
They did pretty well, still holding strong in the top 10. They were number eight in the selection committee's second release before the actual selection show, which is four more weekends away. So they started off with the, well, first of all, to note, Sammy Francis was out this week. We don't know the timetable on her. Hopefully it won't be too long, but at this point, given given how the games have gone and how top 10 teams keep beating the tippy top teams and all these top 10 teams keep winning. No one's really losing right now. It seems like the one seed is a bit out of the picture now for Stanford, especially since their RPI is just going to drop with their schedule the rest of the way. So they're probably going to end up in a 6-7 range in RPI, and they're going to have teams with fewer losses above them from the Big Ten and stuff. So Stanford, I think it's almost, it's very, very unlikely they'd get a top four seed at this point. So really all that matters is getting Sammy Francis back for the tournament as and because you're going to be a top 16 team so you just need to be healthy going into this tournament anyone any team in the country should be terrified to see stanford show up in their bracket no matter if they're hosting them but to the games this week three nothing sweep over washington state they played decently well all three sets were really tight 23 22 22 or the cougars score stanford hit them by under a really nice game from katie baird who's really finding her form which is just huge for this team she becomes almost another kendall kip when she's on and that's her and then throw in the always improving Elia Rubin winning her fourth straight freshman of the week award this week. 11 kills in that one. You have a really, really formidable offense with the way Cammie Miner setting the ball right now. And then Washington, a much tighter game. Never won the first set comfortably, but dropped the next two and then came out swinging in the fourth and really destroyed Washington in the fifth, 15 to five. Another nice game from the Stanford hitters, I mean. Elliot Rubin, 21 kills. Kip and Baird, both with 20 apiece. Katie Baird winning Offensive Player of the Week, hitting 333 overall. Stanford did in that one. So another way, a gritty win against a top 20 team on the road, missing one of your middle blockers, one of your starters. So an impressive performance from volleyball. They just need to stay healthy and get Sammy Francis back for the tournament because, again, when Stanford's playing well, they can be in any team in the country. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that volleyball update, Jabril. Moving along to both men's and women's soccer. First, on the women's side, we're headed into the final week of the regular season for this women. Now up to number nine in the RPI uh, selection show coming up soon. This past week, they had two pretty, pretty good wins for the team. A 5-0 win over Utah and a 2-0 win over Colorado. Both played at home. That senior night, the senior day, I guess, was against Colorado this past weekend. Kind of negative news for the team. Freshman Ali Montoya, who kind of is really impressed this year, out for the season with a knee injury. Injury bug kind of bites this team again. They've been struck pretty hard in the past couple of seasons by knee injuries specifically. But, you know, this team is very deep. You have a lot of other forwards, a lot of other midfielders who are able to step into the place of Ali Montoya. And we've already seen some position changes that you have already kind of paid dividends. Jasmine Akey stepped up from defensive midfielder to more attacking midfielder, kind of in place of Ali Montoya. She scored a hatcher in her first game in that new role. So, you know, this team is very deep. They have the pieces to make a deep run. In this NCAA tournament, we'll find out kind of their path here in the next, next week or two. I mean, I'm excited to kind of follow that. Over on the men's side, they still have two weeks left in their regular season. This past week was kind of a mixed bag, but you know, there still was a great result in there. They lost 2-1 to Oregon State, always a very good team in the Pac-12 and in the country. And they, this past weekend, drew 3-3 with number one in the country, Washington. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this one. A lot of Stanford fans felt that the Huskies were gifted a penalty that they should not have been. Coach Gunn actually talking about that after the game, but you know, he didn't think it was a penalty. So if Washington doesn't get that, Stanford takes the one, takes the match 3-2 and beats the number one team in the country. And of course, you can't deal, can't deal it if the result was 3-3 still. Still a great one after kind of what happened when Washington kind of handily beat Stanford just a couple of weeks ago up in Seattle. So 
few more few more matches to come for this men's team. They definitely are peaking at the right time, playing some good soccer against some good opponents. And they have two matches left this season. Next, uh, No match this week, though. They will play next Monday at home against Pacific. And uh, the NCAA D1 committee uh, in the past week released their top 16, which is kind of like what they're, if like, if they drop the NCAA tournament now, what it would look like. And Stanford came in at number six. So definitely, definitely a good spot to be in. If you are a Stanford men's soccer fan, it'll be an interesting next couple of weeks for both the men's and women's teams. And that's kind of going to conclude our around the farm segment, conclude this 11th episode. We've got some very exciting things planned for you guys here in the next couple of weeks with, of course, men's women's basketball starting in less than a week now. We're going to be, our next time you're hearing from us, it will be a, a, a basketball preview. Hopefully we'll have a special guest for you guys. I mean, we're excited to kind of add basketball to our plate. As you know, that's kind of how we got started with the whole podcasting business. So exciting things to come. We're signing off from this episode. Hells and Jabril. Yeah.